Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This is a podcast that I've been excited about for a long time, as I super respect this dude, and he's an amazing cook that travels the country for his passion. Our guest today is Bobby Stanfield from BS Barbecue Outlaws. Bobby cooks out of Hills City, South Dakota, and has been a major player atop the KCBS standings for years. This is a very great and very enjoyable conversation. So please join me in welcoming Bobby Stanfield from BS Barbecue Outlaws. How you doing, man? All good, buddy. Yeah? Keep grinding away. That's all we can do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And COVID has been one of those things. You were on quite the little tear before this all got started. Well, I guarantee you, if I could be Dorothy, I would wear a dress if I could click my little red slippers (laughs) and go back to February. You bet. (laughs) <laughs> let's, let's just zoom back there, Scotty. I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. So when I, I was, we had cooked two competitions and finished second in one and fourth in the other. And, you know, we were feeling really good about our year. But, you know, it's, it's been an interesting year and hopefully we can get back to some normalcy soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had what I believed was just like the ultimate schedule. And uh, so when this all came about, I wrote it. I rewrote it, and I think I got to, like, number seven or number eight, and I just finally threw the paper in there, went outside, and I was like, well, this is going to get interesting real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly did. Well, you know, you and I have had the pleasure of, of cooking against each other a few times and hanging out a few times, and I've always enjoyed your company, but I've also always been impressed by your confidence. Where does that confidence coming from, particularly as it uh, relates to barbecue? You know, I thought about that today because I can tell you, man, I haven't had this much homework. I printed this little questionnaire off, you know, <laughs> something that's going to be like five or six things and this and that. I haven't worked this hard in like 30 years. Do you know that? <laughs> I, I actually sat down in a quiet room by myself and hand wrote <laughs> every answer to these questions. Wow, you didn't have to do that. I just wanted you to to, to to get kind of an idea of what I was going to ask, but that's awesome, man. Well, I had to because there's, you got some killer questions, you know, and, <laughs> and, and in answer to that, having the good fortune and just having the never give up attitude of building a program that, in my opinion, is proven. It's proven, and um, that does a lot to boost your confidence yeah you know to to go from eight thousand feet in elevation to bomb down to humble texas you know whatever you're 76 78 feet above sea level you got to know how to shift gears on that and and what's going to change and and the biggest thing is is learning i key everything off elevation to be honest with you and it just gives me because i've taken the last three years for sure definitely the last two years i've gotten really good at my note taking it's the most redundant story you'll ever read every every page is identical to the last one Mm -hmm. but within that there's a lot of good breadcrumbs and so if i do go from eight thousand to sea level i know what i can think of okay this comp that comp you know and i write in there if if i did a good job if we scored well and if we did well and got you know and bombed it with the judges or however it worked out but still it gives me a good uh, you know a good foundation to work off of and this year especially going to so many places that i've never been 
Mm-hmm. I've definitely relied on that and was very thankful for learning how to take something that was, one, legible, because, you know, year four or five years ago, yeah, it looked like a 12-year-old wrote it, and I'm <laughs> like, who the hell wrote in this book? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So how is how has your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you to be on, on the competition barbecue trail? You know, when I got, you know, whether you say good fortune, bad fortune, but I had a chance to purchase a mudjacking business years ago and raise and stabilize concrete. Everything is dirty, heavy, and heavy and dirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I figured out, okay, you do have a OCD problem of some, some <laughs> level because, you know, it's all hydraulics. So I wanted to make it brand new, and a lot of times we could to it, you know, get mm-hmm. it pretty damn close. And other times you would push it, and you would crack it. But fortunately, I had a clause in my contract that said I might crack it. <laughs> and um, so, but more often than not, you know, you strove to make it a hundred percent better than it was when you arrived on the on the job. So going into barbecue, I mean, it just follows suit. And then when you have that, you know, whatever, mini micron of uh, competitiveness somewhere within your soul and you get a taste of it and you meet really cool people. So, yeah, it just it drives you to want to be at the top of the food chain yeah. because that's just how you're wired. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of these things that these podcasts really do talk a lot about is you know, all the stuff that we've all won and all the great moments we had. But one of my favorite things to talk about are the failures. You know, yeah. do you do you have a failure that you had during your competition that set you up for a later success? Well, you know, I could go back in time on that one because I thought, I thought about that one a lot today. Well, this year especially, I ran a streak there of like, I don't remember, five or six weeks. I couldn't even break the top 10 in the overall. So when you go from, let's just say, you know, February 27th, you're thinking, pedal to the metal, baby. We're going to run this, you know, run this dog ragged. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the air brakes are hit and then you start back up and you think you're going to start back where you were or somewhere in the neighborhood because I sure as hell didn't forget how to cook in three and a half months. And we've seen everybody struggle with it. It's, you know, it's not an isolated incident by any means. And in my opinion here, just in the last few months, you're starting to see, see, yeah, I would say in the last six weeks, you know, you're starting to see that turn in the tide maybe of things, you know, getting back to, you know, there was a big gossip, you know, you got to cook everything backyard style, pro style doesn't work and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And I forbid myself to think about that. And I just said, you have a program, you cook, you do your job. And that's how I look at it. I mean, it might sound odd, but I look at cooking barbecue like I do as a job. Yeah. And um, some days you get paid and uh, some days you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So as far as a failure, I've had some amazing cooks this year that I thought were right there. So... You know, believing you you have had an amazing cook, only to have the judge tell you different, has always pushed me to be a better cook the very next time. Yeah. And people are like, man, you you cook way too many doubles, or it's all you cook is doubles. And and to be honest, if every time I pulled out of the driveway I could cook a double, I would. 
because it gives you one day for redemption. Yep. And if, if, if day one doesn't work, I'm hungry, hungry for day two because I know I'm better than that. And I, and then that gear of, I'm going to prove you wrong <laughs> right. kicks in. And, and however, I mean, we all say, well, I cooked the same thing on day one as I did day two, but day two, they loved it. Well, there's something that we did subconsciously or something in there. And that was different. And I, with all my windshield time, I, I, I pick them apart. I pick every cook apart. <laughs> but that's what taught me to be better. Yeah. Because more often than not, instead of getting irate about the judge, I can sit there and pick it apart. Like, I'll, I'll tell this one was uh, Alamosa, Colorado. The last time they had that comp, so it's been four years ago, I think. Yeah. Three, three at least, but rolled out some amazing chicken, and everything was just rocking. And we were solid, no chicken call, solid rib call, no pork call, and first place brisket. I about fell over, and I was so irate. And I just, Mike Everly was one of the reps, and I just wanted to ream him up one side down the other, and somehow good lord tied my tongue and <laughs> and i got it going down the road and i said why was there red pepper flakes in my chicken sauce that's a, that's how i said it to myself and then the big old neon light went flashing and the uh, nuclear sirens went off and i'm like you dumb sob <laughs> <laughs> you, you mixed the two wrong sauces you had one of them right but the other one was so far gone you blew the taste buds Right out of the judge's mouth is what I did that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a great story. And that's a great lesson. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great lesson. because I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, no, what did I do to him? <laughs> yeah. Well, that sauce, the sauce is on the chicken and the pork. And uh, the right sauce is on the other two. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's fantastic. So when you're when you're out there cooking, because you do get a lot of window time, and you travel probably more than ninety nine percent of the people out there, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, you know what do you do to bring yourself back to the middle? Windshield time, and even just trailer time. You know, I'm in there prepping on Friday or whatever day it is we're prepping, and you know it's it's a lot of good uh, Jesus time too. I'm not being all religious or anything, but. Um, I guarantee you, he's kept me awake many a mile going down the road. Yeah. And so it, it does that for me on a personal basis. But uh, the biggest thing for me, if I get overwhelmed, which I am, and I just say, hey, you, you need to check yourself, big boy. And I said, just calm down, take a deep <laughs> breath, do your damn job. And that's that's the end of the story. When I tell myself do my damn job, I pretty much get squared back away and you know, the biggest thing that relieves that, and I'll probably talk about it too much, is just having a solid program and believing in your program. And that, when the oddball thing does pop up, it is an oddity, but you're you're quick on your toes. You you figure it out. Yeah. And, yeah. and you take care of business right then, and you don't let it get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But when you're cooking by yourself all the time, I mean, it's pretty easy to drift off into la-la land if you want to, or... <laughs> have that uh, social media thing going too much and you know thank god i've been very disciplined on if the alarm's not in my phone then i don't have anything to do you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah my alarm goes ding dong i'm up and at them and uh, i've caught myself bsing a couple of times and i'm like all right you need to go do your damn job and quit talking to everybody 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I cooking by myself. I've only done it a few times, and it's definitely not in my superpower wheelhouse. It is. <laughs> I need. I like having little general there to keep me on the straight and narrow. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's it's easy. You know, there are a few teams that try to corrupt people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we'll get into that in a little while. <laughs> so, so what's uh what's been one of the most surprising things to come out of competition barbecue for you? I mean, truly the greatest gift I've been given from barbecue is patience. I've worked construction my whole life, military construction, and the only way I knew was, you know, get it. And if you didn't get it, you got it. And so to be able to sit there and say, okay, at uh, 11.48 and 30 seconds, I'm doing X. Mm-hmm. And to have the patience to not open that pit until that exact moment, you know, it, it's, it's spilled over into my personal life. And, I mean, morning and I's relationships, honest to goodness, a thousand times better than it's ever been. And we both, without even trying to sway the other's opinion, relate it back to barbecue. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what you put into something is what you get out of it. I guess I was needing something to, to uh, get squared around with. And something that could whip my ass every day if I let it. But it's something that if I take the time and have the patience, I have better control over the end result. Yeah, yeah. That, I have a lot of parallels with that, me and Kim, and you know, and how barbecue is how we spend time together now and how we entertain ourselves. It's not just the competition aspect and everything that it's done for us, but it's how we... It's how we hang out with each other, you know what I mean, and it's it's really changed our relationship a lot in the good for the better. Oh yeah, you know, it's like when you're talking as intently about a dessert category as you are your brisket category, <laughs> right? You know, you got a pretty good teammate. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, yeah. <laughs> so if if a smart, young, driven cook was about to come into competition barbecue, what what advice would you give to him? think is missing from competition barbecue these days you know i have to think on that one i mean there's so many variables but me and a couple guys have said you know why are we any different than a pro bass fishing tournament it would you know and, and let's exclude the shit show of 2020 let's just say we're in a normal year why can't we truly have those major league sponsors mm-hmm. that there is uh you know there's a bounty at the end of the deal that it's worth chasing for 
it's worth being on the west coast on one weekend and halfway or three quarters of the way to the east coast the next weekend make it real i mean it's cool and i mean i love chasing points i mean and it is probably one of the most asinine things i've ever done in my life just to be bluntly honest but i love it yeah i love it i mean you know i'm jonesing for it but it's going to be what it is in the end and and one thing I've, I've learned to tell myself, you know, no matter what, the sun's going to set today, and by the grace of God, it'll rise tomorrow. Yep. So no matter what happens today, we got another one tomorrow. Yep. Yep. More, hopefully, you know. I tell people. And, uh, uh, I tell people all the time. You really find out a lot about yourself when you've cooked fourteen weekends in a row. Oh yeah. And you're just looking for one score here and one score there, and you really. You find out some good stuff, you find out some bad stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it gets to be a grind, and I mean, them eyes blaze over, and you got to remember, as soon as you see that coming, you better slap your own self in the head, <laughs> because it, it's not going to get any better unless you're on top of the game. Absolutely. And, you know, this year, I've taken, you know, I don't know, uh, three, four, maybe even five weekends off that I normally wouldn't have taken off, but... To be honest with you, I really enjoyed it. And then the next time I went out and cooked, I cooked just as good as I did the time before or better. Yeah. And so it don't hurt to take a take a break from it, catch your catch your bearings and and then jump right back in. And I have learned this, you know, it's not the, the quantity of cooks, it's the quality of cooks. And so every time now that's that's my goal. I want I want whether whether it's a G C or not, I want to do my ultimate job to cook as close to a GC cook, in my opinion, as I possibly can. Yeah. And if I drop the ball on something, that's my baby. Nobody else did it. I did it. Yep. Yeah. Have yeah. fun. You got to have fun, right? Or else, oh, yeah. What's the reason for doing it? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Well, let's switch gears here a little bit, and let's jump into some equipment-related questions. What do you think is one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made in in the barbecue world the biggest investment you can do for for barbecue is yourself if you're going to be, strive to be one of the best cooks you got to definitely dedicate yourself to becoming the best you can be in what you do and i do that because i love cooking not just barbecue i just love cooking and and i think i always have liked that and, and had a love for it but since money and i've been together her mom she's from stuttgart germany and uh when we first started dating we'd go to mom's on a Sunday evening for dinner. And uh, I'll have you know, I was uh, probably about 235 pounds when we first started dating. So, you know, mom made me the chubby little kid I am today. <laughs> but you've never had any better German cooking in your life, you know. But her whole deal, I, the first time I ever heard her say it, she said, my joy of cooking is a smile on someone's face. Yeah. And uh, that stuck with me since that day. And wow. now that we've, you know, graduated to doing what we do now, it's, I used to cringe, you know, if somebody walked by your trailer and, hey, you want to taste so-and-so? And they just flip out and they just, they just love it. And then you go to awards and you get kicked in the teeth with it. <laughs> but, you know, that's still, it's not, the, it's not the reward you wanted for the day overall, you know. But when you make that person happy and they swear they've never had anything like it before, Hey, just take it for what it is, and hope it's the truth. And and you know, and yeah. uh, and it's cool. Right on, right on. So, in terms of barbecue equipment, it seems like everything is expensive. 
one of the things uh, I like to focus on is what's something that you've spent a hundred dollars on or less, you know, that has really impacted your barbecue life that people that are listening can be like, huh, I can try that out. Won't be that big of a hit. I, I don't know what it would be, but a couple of years ago, I mean, I got that Dick Rapid Steel, you know, that knife sharpener yeah. I got out. Uh-huh. There's a white one, and uh, that's more of a fine, really fine one. But then there's a black one that's a little bit coarser. And it, I'm super crazy about keeping a knife sharp. And that's so quick and easy, you know. And you can be, like, last year I think I had to, I would, it had to be 21 times. No matter if I just, you know, a quick little tune-up on a knife, I had to swipe it through there 21 times. That was my superstition for last year. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. But that Dick Rapid Steel, I know, I know Big Papa sells them on his website, and I mean it's a good tool. I mean, unless you really super dull it, it'll, it brings a good edge, and it, it's one less thing to worry about. Yeah, and it's quick. That's a great answer. Thank you. How much do you depend on technology, and when you're at a competition, do you have? You know, apps or pro- you know, programs that you use? You know, I've got the Barbecue Guru on the Deep South, and that keeps the pit temp, and I run uh, temp probes uh, on uh, on my pork butt off of the Guru. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the ThermaQ, they have a really good line of products, and uh, they have some really nice needlepoint probes yeah. for assortment of different uses. And uh, I really like those. And uh, they were, even though I don't get them, it would be a tangled web if I ran them through the port that I have <laughs> on the Deep South, you know, if yep. I ran the port through there. So I actually close them in the door. It's a gasketed door. And, uh, and let them make a mistake and catch it on a rivet. They last a long time. That ThermaQ is a good product, too. Yeah, yeah, it is. So let's switch over to people. Who's impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? County pork choppers. When I went to his class, he's just, you know, he's a southern gentleman. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he spoke, and he, you know, he, he just said, you know, in this in this business, you got to decide where you want to be in the pecking order. And he just sounded like a lot of guys that I grew up around that taught me a lot of things. Yeah. And so I always I always recognized Donnie in that way. And and then uh, last year when we were running hot and heavy, I was thinking about stuff coming home and. There was a rough patch in Moni and I's relationship there. Oh, first third of our barbecue career. And uh, she had made a comment one day. I won't say she was laughing when she said this because she wasn't, but uh, she said, you'll never be good enough to win. Well, you push this old chubby kid in the corner, you're going to find out he's not just as humble as he thinks he is. <laughs> and uh, that lit a fire in my ass because somebody else years ago did that on a negative way and we were just arguing, and she didn't really mean it. But I did tell her last year. I walked through the door laughing, and and I GC'd wherever I was at. And she she said, "Why are you still laughing?" I said, "I've come to realize something. You have cost us a lot of money over a few words." <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "What are you talking about?" And I reminded her, and she goes, "Oh my God, I did say that, didn't I?" I said, yeah, and I said, believe me, I hit rewind every weekend right before game time because I'm going to prove you wrong one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah. So when you, 
when you're having an issue with a meet, who do you reach out to? Whose counsel do you do you seek out? Too many to count. Yeah. You know, Smithfield. I try to be a de- as dedicated a Smithfield team as I can in the pork side, and it's been rough. It's been rough, especially living out here. You know, I've got guys in Colorado, Wyoming, and uh, Nebraska. I'm like, hey, when you go so and so, look for so and so. And I've made more than one trip this year to go pick up meats because I just can't get them. I used to have the luxury of having them dropped right at the restaurant. And so um, just depends on the situation at hand. You know, it could be Jim Borowitz in Colorado. It could be Heath Riles. It could be Travis Clark. It could be Darren. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but my specialty is, you know, the ace in the hole is Joe. Old slaps, Mr. Hollywood himself. <laughs> and uh, the boy won me a lot of money a couple weeks ago. Everybody looked at me, thought I was crazy for buying him in the Calcutta, but I've had the misfortune and fortune of cooking beside Joe several times this year. <laughs> and there's a reason why he's at where he's at. Yeah. And bless his heart, he was he was gracious enough. Even though I did, I hung him. I hung him on uh, Fred from Real Valley, <laughs> and uh, I felt bad about it. So then I was like, "Well, you know, you got to buy Joe now," and so I did. And bless Joe's heart, he GC'd both days. <laughs> <laughs> Which where was that in Casper? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, I've never and, uh, never heard of a Calcutta and barbecue before. That sounds awesome. Well, they used to do it up in uh, Absorky, Montana. That's the first time I ever saw it. This year, due to COVID, they didn't make as much. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there was, Joe went for 16, Fred was 13, and Brad was nine. I think I was nine. And so they raised like $15,000 this year for the Brain Injury Alliance over there. So it's a great cause. But yeah. last year, I, under, I understood there was teams going for two to 3000 But that was because it was in the bar, and uh, a lot of the public was there. I think when it's done in the right way, I think Doug Stevenson from uh, Holdridge, Nebraska, that great event over there. Yeah. Next year, he he was there this year to judge and also observe the Calcutta. So maybe it'll be like the Wild Child program. You know that <laughs> that's kind of kind of taken off this year as a as a new novelty. So the Calcutta. I mean, hey, if it's a better way to make more money for the events we go to, because so many of them are charitable. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? I agree. What's been the biggest turning point in your life as a pitmaster? Must have been must have been three years ago. Wait a minute. I still got the trophy right here. Stillwater Elks, Blaze of Thorns, two thousand and seventeen. That year, that spring, I told Moni, I said, Hey, let's go down to Oklahoma. I think maybe there was something in Kansas. And uh, anyways there's two or three, four events. And I think we, Shawnee, double in Shawnee that year yeah. was the first part of that. And, man, we got our clock clean. But I told Moni, I said, hey, I said, I really like doing this, but I'm not stupid. I said, if you can't hang with the big boys, I said, you know, maybe I need a different hobby. And because uh, I, I could tell I was itching to run with the big dogs and see where we could land. And, and I wanted to see if we could. So we took that Stillwater event. I think we got a chicken call. But then uh, rib table come around or rib calls come around, and I'm going, man, those ribs sure were good, and da-da-da-da-da, and all of a sudden, bam, first place in ribs. <laughs> and you'd have thought I'd won the American Royal. And, uh, well, anyways, when it all shook out, Travis won it, and I think Claus RGC'd it, and we were third. 
and uh, in Oklahoma, you know, just trying to cut our teeth and see, you know, where we could stack up. Whether it was shit house luck or not, we didn't care. We just wanted to see what we could do. And, and lo and behold, I looked on the results, and that's the first time I started paying attention to that. And we're on the same rib table as Travis was, and we won the rib table. And I was like, well, maybe. You know, we were, needless to say, we were happy. We were kind of skipping on there all the way home. And like I said, you'd have thought we'd won, won the whole show. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I need to get out. It's one of the states I haven't cooked in yet and uh, yep. need to get out there. So what are some of the, you mentioned your knife sharpening uh, ritual. Do you got any other habits or routines that you do during competitions? Well, I'm going to tell you what, the one thing I wish I could change, and I don't know where it came from. I think back in the day of knowing I had to wake up at a certain time, like when I was a teenager, if I had to go help somebody work or whatever, I couldn't. I never could stand being late. And so I was habitually back then looking at my alarm clock. Yep. Well, on Friday night, you know, let's just say we got a normal comp. Friday night, I'll I'll lay down and go to bed, and before I go to sleep, I'll probably check that damn thing twenty times. <laughs> and uh, but there's a reason behind that. And oh, I think two years ago, I was like, man, you better check that again. And I checked it, and it said PM instead of AM. And I'd already checked it 15 times, <laughs> and I just didn't see, I didn't catch it. Yeah. And and this year, I think it was like back in July, I was like, oh, you don't need to check it, you're good. I checked it, sure as hell. It said PM instead of AM, which uh, probably would not have turned out very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've only, I don't think I've ever woken up late, and it's because, well, again, the <laughs> the Kim factor in the trailer, <laughs> you know, she's oh, always yeah. on me, but it's just, I, I freak out about that stuff too. You're traveling so much and driving so much to these places. What does your week look like in terms of preparation for a competition? Typically I'm home by Sunday, Monday morning at the latest, but let's just say I'm home, get home midday on Sunday. I clean everything that needs to be cleaned and then lay out my meats that need to be laid out. Yep. And then Monday, I work, and then by Monday evening or early Monday morning before I do my work, dry goods, you know, uh, rubs, towels, whatever, soup to nuts, uh, sauce, and then on Wednesday, I trim meat on Wednesday, and just depending on where I'm going, I'm either leaving Wednesday or, you know, sometime thereafter. Right on. Recently, I talked to Chris Schaefer, and uh, he's a do-it-all-in-one-night guy. And, uh, (laughs) it's just interesting how, how different people approach it. You know, I think there's, you know, and I've done it, you know, but if I can string it out, I will. But then sometimes I string it out too far and I do a hell of a lot more on Wednesday than just trim meat. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I like being able to take the time to make sure, you know, if if you're not right when you leave the house, it's hard to make it right when you get there. Yeah. You know, if, if at all possible. It's impossible, yeah. Yeah, it's like Donnie, Donnie teaches in the class. Don't show up there with a piece of meat you don't like. You're done already, you know. Yeah, exactly. You'll never have confidence in it. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. What are you hungry for in competition? Believe it or not, that's the only one I don't have an answer for. <laughs> I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, if it could get to a position to where we had some major sponsorships and there was some true hardcore money in it and... And maybe somehow it can work that way. I mean, barbecue has, to me, like when I started cooking in 14, everything seemed like a giant secret. 
Yeah. Well, now, I mean, you know, if you can turn the phone on, you can find a lot of killer recipes out there that you could just jump in with if you could, you know, hold on to them and figure out how to do them. Right. Way more than even back in 2014, which isn't that long ago. I agree. There's a lot of things that have to change. I mean, we can go all over the board with that statement, but, <laughs> um, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, it's just is having that solidarity, I guess, you know, and having a common goal that everybody can, you know, the vast majority can get behind. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, I think, aren't they going to do those uh, quarterly points race this year, you know, in 21? Something Somehow it's going to be broken up. I haven't read much on it, but I think something like that might be coming up. That could create, you know, some more interest, you know, for the guy that's sitting there that can three to five events that's all they can do because of work or whatever the circumstance they can maybe channel that energy into one one quarter and, and see how they do you know if that's something they want to do you know there's a lot of things can go on but it just you know it's hard to figure out where we're going to go <laughs> absolutely it's funny that you brought that up because i'm doing this weekend it's the first time i've cooked in forever and they're also having two of the single category rib contests Oh yeah. in conjunction with it. And uh, it's funny how it's a, changed my week a little bit because that's two more things I got to think about during two other times when I'm normally doing something else. Exactly. And, uh, so I've decided to go full experimental on it and cook on a drum. <laughs> oh, you can't go wrong there. No, I don't think so. I mean, no. the worst thing that could happen is I learned something, so. So, that you will. I mean, if you don't learn something every time you cook, I don't care who it is. You're right. I mean, if you're not learning every time you cook, I don't know what you're doing. Right. Which gets me into gut feelings when you're cooking. You and I are both crazy note takers, but sometimes stuff happens and you're just like, man, I really think I should pull this off. How do you relate to those type of feelings when you have them during a competition? If my gut says it, I believe it. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. I mean, truly, because fortunate enough to cook as much as I have and and just you know when my gut says hello it, I'm getting a reminder of a certain time yeah. you know a certain a certain cook somewhere and I'll be like oh yeah oh yeah remember that uh yeah uh, oh yeah we better do that <laughs> yeah but I don't sit there I don't bounce ideas off in my head all day long usually it's like it's just a knee-jerk reaction I'll be like hey you remember and it'll be I'll guarantee you, ninety plus percent of the time, it's it's right. And yeah. if I if I don't, then uh, I live to regret it. Yep, yep. It's one of the, I've had a couple of cooks where it's saying pull the brisket off, and I know I shouldn't pull the brisket off, and it's like my intuition was telling me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's sometimes you just gotta, like you said, you just gotta roll with it, unless it's totally something crazy, you know. <laughs> to this competition thing and that's the psychological warfare you know how important is that is that kind of stuff to you and at a competition you know i uh i love it um um it doesn't bother me at all um but at the same time it's it's 
fun to be a bystander and watch a few shenanigans go on, <laughs> and and you're trying to read between the lines because it's it's so vague. You don't really know if if that's the bomb that just got dropped or not, but. You, you do know that there are some people that are, that run back and they dwell on it for the next two or three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is fun to watch, and you know, there's a the points chase that's going on right now has a lot of those characters up at the top. It's pretty fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's like in Casper when Joe won GC on day two. Doug Stevenson said, man, I've never seen you so happy to see another team win. I said, well, you didn't pay for him, did you? <laughs> I said, if I can't win, I said, why wouldn't I want to cheer my dog on? I said, you know, he's doing just fine. <laughs> he's doing just fine. Let's jump into some rapid fire questions here. See, these are my favorite questions that I ask on the podcast. Cause I think, what's your favorite present that you like to give to people? Good food. Good food. That's a great answer. Yep. You got a favorite pre, during, or post competition meal? You know, I, I do like good Mexican, and I do love a killer hamburger. I love a great hamburger, man. That's been like a focus of mine for pretty much all of COVID. <laughs> oh man, my cousin's down uh, around Winston Salem, and he knows every burger joint in the metro area, if you want to call it that. Uh-huh. And he knows some. He knows some pretty posh joints, and he knows some dives. And uh, we haven't eaten a bad hamburger any time I've ever been there. Huh. Killer. We're going to have to talk about that. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm definitely interested. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions about you? I've had so many people say, well, you seem like you're unapproachable. And don't worry, I get that at home, too. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's not that... I guess I have a look about me on any given moment, but it's, I'm just thinking. I can guarantee you I, it's 98.9% barbecue. If I'm just sitting there looking like I'm off in la-la land, I'm just thinking about cooking. Yep. Because that's, I just eat up with it, I guess. So what do you see on uh, social media about barbecue that upsets, upsets you? The biggest thing is bitching about brands. There is no perfect product. I don't care what brand you cook, where you buy it from, when it was killed, when it was froze, whatever. There's there's nothing perfect. There's no perfect product. When you sit there and start slamming a product, smart chicken. Right now, I mean, I cook organic smart chicken. If I order for Monday delivery, it's going to be a small case. The last three weeks, if I order for Thursday, 13 to 14 pound case. Mm -hmm. Which one do you want? Well, I, you know, Talk to my guy enough, and I, you know, hey, well, let's just try it, and it's been working at least for the last three weeks. Yeah. Now, you know, everybody will do it next week, and, and we'll get midget chicken again. But, um, <laughs> you know, you just got to take care of business yourself. And I, I, I love cooking Smithfield ribs, and you know, whew, there's some, there's a, we have a, a, a food bank here in town, and. And seriously, I'm about to give them a call because I've got a number of ribs and a, a number of butts that I called and, you know, it's still a great piece of meat, but, you know, sometimes you just don't get what you want and you yeah. got to take the right meat to the game. That's, that's great advice and a great thing to recognize that happens a lot on social, you know, it's. And I mean, if we see it, they see it. Absolutely. And so when they get that phone call, hey, and they'll be like, yeah, whatever, you know. Uh, uh, 
we've got a yacht club to go sponsor instead of this bunch of assholes. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> I mean, because no. some of it gets pretty rough. No, you're you're nail on the head there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything uh, on it that gets a message out to a bunch of people, what would what would you have it say and why? Well, I don't know. Fella might have to have a whiskey and ponder on this. <laughs> but one day I was driving across the great state of Oklahoma, and God help them, they still ain't figured out how to build a road yet. <laughs> and I just told myself, well, remember, about five miles up away here, it's going to get smooth. So I told myself at a comp, out of the blue, how these things just pop into your head sometimes. I said, remember, sometimes you got to drive the rough roads to get to the smooth roads. Wow. Meaning, sometimes you got to take your hard knocks on the judging table to get that GC that you really want. Last question, which is a newer question, but I think it's funny. What's what's an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Oh, God. I did ask permission. And uh, I couldn't write any of her answers down. But, you know, it goes back to that damn alarm clock thing, because that's what I got written here. It does, it drives me nuts, constantly checking that damn thing. It's uh, that or, you know, some some days I'll say 13 strokes on uh, sharpening steel. And I'm like, where'd that come from? I don't know, just do it. So when self tells me to do something, sometimes it sticks for a while, you know. Well, Bobby, it has been great catching up with you and talking to you. Is there any, you want to talk about your sponsors and where people can find you online? Well, it's uh, Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, Stanfield. Still haven't figured out how to make a true team page yet. <laughs> and, you know, you know, we, we had a great fortune. Uh, I believe it's a great fortune to be a part of the Cooking for Kids program this year. And, Absolutely. And uh, the Boys and Girls Club here in Hill City, they're going to appreciate that. And um, so it's just nice being able to be a part of things because that's, that's my M.O. If there's a chance to raise money, I want to raise as much money as possible for whatever the cause is. And, um, you know, but Snake River Farms, I mean, been rolling some beautiful gold briskets. And um, it's, uh, it's not the brisket's fault. I mean, it's just <laughs> the sign of the times when I mean, we, we've cooked some beauties this year. And, uh, and, you know, Smithfield, I'm glad they're still a part of barbecue. You know, I just just hope everybody can, you know, I hate the word normal or whatever that is. You know, it'd just be nice to just be able to be relaxed again, you yeah. know. It'd be nice to have and a drink of, with you at the Royal. It really would. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd just be nice to be relaxed and know it's going to be okay. Yep. That would be, that'd be a godsend for a lot of people, I think. I agree. I agree. Well, Bobby, I want to thank you again for taking the time. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, brother. You take care until Miss Kim high, and we'll see you down the road somewhere. You're going to be at KCBS Worlds? Oh, yeah. We'll be there. All right. Good. Good. Let's have a drink. Be we'll fun. do it. All right, bud. Thanks a lot. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and to share it out with your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. You can find it at youtube.com slash Smoke. We will see you next week with an interview that I've been so excited to do. Our guest next week will be Rod Gray from Pellet Envy. You won't want to miss this one. For companies interested in advertising, 
please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020.